0: Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at do Sitting here today, live in the studio with Myers Barnes of Myers Barnes Associates and someone who I spent quite a bit of time with from 2006, I'm guessing Myers, uh, Uh, all the way through 2015. I remember the first time I met Myers, as I'm sure everyone listening remembers the first time they met Myers, Uh, (laughs) but I was 22 years old, I think, and was so impressed by his presentation that he left his backpack in my office and i remember and it's highly inappropriate don't recommend doing this but I opened up the front zipper of his bag and i shoved in like two or three of my business cards just because i wanted him to remember who i was one day because <laughs> I was like I'm 22 years old or this guy is uh, just got the whole sales team wrapped around his pinky finger in the first 30 minutes and i want him to i want him to know who I am
1: <laughs> oh, i know who thanks, you are now man thanks for sitting down with us. Uh, well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here uh, with you. You know, again, uh, you put some context with it. Was it 2006, or I thought it was a little earlier. Nonetheless, we've uh, we've known each other since your entire career. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah.
0: The first year since was a complete war. business career. That's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, there were no kids well, back when I met you.
1: You, <laughs> you know, I've, I've I've watched you and I've watched you grow, and boy, have you grown and you know, you, you've done well and I'm you know, super proud of you. Oh, thanks. Well, we brought you in for a very specific
0: reason. And this was uh, when, when you reached out, you said, I have a very specific message that I think the market needs to hear. So let's just, let's start with uh, you telling us how bad is the market right now? I mean, it's it's pretty, it's bad, right? This is the sound of every new home salesperson out
1: there. Well, unfortunately the audience can't see my face, but I know I just grimaced, but I grimaced in like, Disbelief. The market's not bad, Kevin. The market's great. You know what's bad is the mindset of, of the market. You know, but it, it, it's truly not bad. And I don't. I don't say that with anything but sincerity. It, it, it's a tremendous market. I mean, we've got tremendous interest rates, and people are going to immediately want to check out. I guess with that one, Kevin. But uh, we do have tremendous interest rates. You know, when you're looking at six or a little above. And let's just can we just skip ahead to the future now? Let's not go to the past. We're going to go to the past in a minute, but they're going to be in the sevens. You know that I know that. And it's still tremendous. Just a tremendous market. It's tremendous time to be in business, but people don't aren't necessarily grasping it. Do you agree with that? I agree with it, not necessarily from an affordability
0: standpoint, But I think, again, all things considered, the interest rate itself is not the reason people are not buying. I agree with that. And I also agree with, you know, lead volume overall right now is down 17, 16% from the best market ever, 2021, in terms of lead demand and urgency. So if you had to pick back in 2010 to have the market you had back then or this market right now, Everyone would pick this market right now.
1: Yeah, I would agree. So I don't know if uh, if you'll indulge me, please, but you know, can I give you a little bit of historical data about the market?
0: Yeah, if you uh, you know you have been doing this certainly much longer than I have. Can you start with us at the Great Depression, or where do we need to start? Is it nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties? back.
1: That <laughs> more, uh, you know, because I'm not that old, uh, the, uh, older. But you know, you look at it and you look at the conditions. And you you start to analyze it. But you have to take history. And if people don't reflect on the history, they don't quite understand what's going on. So here's, here's history right now, to give it context. In 2021, it was called the biggest real estate market of historical data. Can you imagine that in 2021? Huh. The single biggest market of historical data. And not only that, it was the single big biggest uh you know you look at it the interest rates were were the all time best of history yeah you know and so you're you're just looking at 2021 now let's go back though if if i may to 1973 this is history in 1973 there was a thing called the arab oil embargo and there's going to be many people today that don't reflect to 1973 because That's right they're not of age. I was born in 81. So, okay. But I've seen some
0: pictures in a history book about lines of cars outside of gas stations, but
1: yeah, yeah. About- it was interesting, Kevin, you know, here I am and I've, I've spent my entire life in, um, in the building business or business life, let's just say that my mm-hmm. entire business life, but 1973, there was an Arab oil embargo. And what that was, was, um, You know, you couldn't get gas. It wasn't a matter of gas was expensive. Like we do know history again is repeating and, you know, goodness gracious, Kevin, gas is now over five bucks a gallon. Never had that before in all of history, but golly, five bucks a gallon. But is it bad? No, it's not bad because in 1973, it wasn't a matter of gas was expensive. You couldn't get it. (laughs) You just couldn't get it. I mean, and that was the hard part for people to even grasp and go. In 1973, there was odd, even numbers. You had to stand in a line. And one day, you if your license plate was odd, then you could get gas. The next day, if your license plate was even, you could get gas. But it was odd, even, odd, even. And then they allocated. You get like three bucks at a time. And people stood for like, I'm, I'm telling you, miles in line to get gas. And so I'm guessing they weren't filling up their
0: SUV and driving around for two days quite the same way they did back then. And that was how you shop
1: for a house. That's how you shop for gas. You just went out the door and hopefully you've st- you just stood in the line and you were grateful to get it. And, but here's, here's the context to it, Kevin, is there was no Internet. The only way you could buy a house was by getting in a car and shopping. Yeah. So I'm guessing traffic took a nosedive. <laughs> <laughs> there was no traffic. I mean, my goodness gracious, if all you could do, Kevin, was get in a car and drive and hopefully nobody even shopped, Well, That's okay, because
0: because then the online salespeople picked up the slack, I'm sure, back then.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. All the <laughs> online salespeople were there and they were making tons. Of, no, there was nothing. You couldn't buy. I mean, you, you literally couldn't buy. There was no there's no way to purchase so 1973 you know when I hear people say oh my goodness this is this is tough and I go if you can't get gas (laughs) and there's no internet there's no possible way to shop that was a tough market this is not a tough market this is a actually kind of an easy market and then we fast forward Kevin if you will to 1981. So we go from 73 to 81, and you'll look at the patterns. And in oh my goodness, and we we had the worst president. His name was Jimmy Carter. And in Jimmy Carter's day, the interest rates went to 18.61 percent, 18 percent, and people are freaking out about. Oh my goodness gracious! It's six percent, eighteen percent. Come on, man. Yeah, this is not even it it, it doesn't even make sense. So, you know, we had a a, a guy named Paul Volcker, and he was the the czar of interest rates, but he decided to reel it all in, Kevin. And he said, we're going to fix this thing. And what we're going to do is we're going to break it. We're going to break the interest rates. And so goodness gracious, he had to
0: bring interest rates up to and past the point of inflation to try to get it to stop. And that's why you know, That's a lot of people, what's
1: profound. What you just said is profound, Kevin.
0: They, a lot of people don't. They want to argue with me. They argue with me back in April when I said that we'd be at six percent by the end of May, and I was 14 days early. But the government's going to have to have a, the same decision-making process. We either let inflation continue to go, or rates have to meet inflation. And I know there's reasons why that might be hard, but it it certainly means that rates are more likely to go higher than go lower.
1: There's no choice. In in the matter, but uh you know, again, I'll say profound you know statement that you just made. They have to break this thing, you know. And people talk about you know where are we? You know, are we in a correction? Are we in a what? But they're breaking it, and they're trying to break it, and they're trying to break it intentionally, and they're going to keep ratcheting it. So you can count on this upcoming July that they're going to raise the rates again, and you know everybody's going to be you know they 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 just flip out over the whole thing. And I go, do you not understand there's a methodology behind this? And so they're gonna fix it. And the, you know, I don't think this, if anything, this current administration, this current, they're fixing it right by fixing it fast and fixing it furious now by raising the rates. And so that to fast forward, that that takes us to
0: a position where there's a couple of things that I know are, are near and dear to your heart. One is it's what? a game of market share. Yes, sir. Which is actual hand to hand combat. You must be better immediately in almost every way than your competition. We can, I want to forego the whole who's your competition thing because that's been said a bazillion times over and over. Yes, sir. But uh, it's hand to hand combat. It's market share and it's not sales, but it is a certain kind of sale. A profitable one. We don't have profitable sales. and and so the, that's where you know history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. We're going to have to steal market share, which means you better be sharper and more agile and more prepared than than your competitors. And you better find a way to be profitable and not have to sell only through discounts and incentives, or uh, you're just you're slowly bleeding out as as an organization.
1: Yeah, you know, Kevin, if, um, if I may, if you go back to like the public seminars in the heyday when I was really putting on big public seminars and you know, it was like one of the ones, and uh, I always quoted Phil Knight of Nike and he said, Business is war without bullets. It, man, it was a struggle, but it's always been about one thing and one thing only profitability.
0: Yeah, but I, if, war without bullets, I think, is a fantastic thing to come back to. And not not go past it because I would argue that we've been fighting against our ourselves in the last yeah. two years, right? It, can we build fast enough? Can we create fast enough? Can we can we do things quick enough? But the main competitor was ourselves because the opportunity yes. was limitless where the market was. And so, what you just said is again extremely important. And there's some people who don't understand because I, I would say a lot of a lot of companies have become frenemies, Myers, uh, where you know. They're they're hanging out with with the other builder across the street, and that's I'm not that in and of itself is not the problem. But then when you go down to okay, market share is shrink, market overall is shrinking. If we right. want to maintain or grow, we must steal from that other very nice person who I respect. But we have to win. Is something that I think is missing.
1: And well, I don't I don't find that uh, competitively unhealthy. We do have to win, and you're not going to grow your business without. Stealing business, and stealing business isn't a bad term. It just says I've got to be better. Yeah, I've just got to be better. You've heard me say this the gazillion times, Kevin, through the years. Is better. You know, everybody wants better, right? And you go, okay, but better isn't something you wish for. Better is something you become. Mm-hmm. And things don't get better; you get better. Situations yeah. don't improve; you improve in circumstances. Uh...
0: I uh I haven't had a chance to reference one of my favorite. I think it's my favorite um quote of all time uh What's in that, business man? is from Mr. Mr. Roan, Jim Roan. Oh, I love Jim. Which is you don't want it to be you, you don't want it to be easy.
1: No. Right?
0: You you, you want it, you want to be better. Meaning if, if it's easy, it's easy to duplicate and replicate. Uh hard is hard is not a problem. H- hard differentiates uh it separates you from the competition.
1: Hey, can we, uh, can we back up for a second? And uh, because you just mentioned, uh, you know, everybody knows who Tony Robbins is, right? But who was, um, if you look at Tony and you go, who was Tony's trainer? Tony's trainer was Jim Rohn. And it's, it's terrible not to say you need to reference Jim Rohn, R-O-O-H-N, and you need to look him up and you need to seek him out. And study him because he was the f- really the true business philosopher yeah
0: and i butchered i butchered the quote so i'll, I'll fix it here don't wish it were easier wish you were better wish
1: yeah. you were better and, yep. and and you're right so all right well, well i'm sorry i drifted kevin but 73 we had the air roll embargo 81 we we did this we had interest rates that went to 18 you know, 061 percent, but then there was another bump in the road, and that was in the late eighties and early nineties. That was called the savings and loan crisis.
0: Yeah, my own family uh, lost everything for a good solid, oh I think, I think a month or two. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it, it, it was it, it came honestly if they lost it, but here's a here's an actual stat: there were three thousand two hundred and thirty four savings and loans in America at that time, and one thousand forty three failed so you had a third of all the savings and loans that just failed and why they failed moral hazards i mean and, and, and that's a big statement moral hazards they deregulated and it was outright like it was outright
0: fraud kevin yeah yeah i remember my dad uh reached out to his senator because there was a sticker on the front of the bank when my dad would go in and it, it wasn't fdic insurance it was some other fake you know yes sir. your money is safe here and my dad didn't pay attention to that, but his Senator said, look, when, when they were offering you twice the interest that every other bank was offering you, it was buyer beware sucker. And I don't really feel that bad for you and uh, you deserve to lose what you lost. And so until the, they finally reversed that up, you know, my, my parents honestly had to borrow money from my grandparents to live on just to, to buy groceries for a month or two. Oh man. Sorry. So, yeah. but that, I mean, that's, so that that's where I, I pick up into, it. and then and then you had the dot com crash, which was no small thing to, yeah, to and financial and do, markets. Don't
1: forget this war in the Gulf. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, oh, my goodness, CNN was born out of that.
0: I'm confused here, though. So, in what years did people actually sell homes, Myers? Because you're you give no, giving me you, this context you that you makes go me feel it, like
1: and it, it, <laughs> it's 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 ups and downs, and you know, and and you look at it and you go, you know, it, this is where history didn't even rhyme you know what you were saying it didn't uh, it just didn't rhyme man so 73 we we died but then from you know 74 to 81 you know we we, we had pretty good time and then from 81 till 90 we had pretty good time and, and it crashes but how fast does a crash come bam like that when it crashes but this isn't a crash let's be sure that we say this because A crash means there's a correction and there's a market correction that comes in and we're not, you know, nobody's crashed. This market is not crashed. The prices are still stable. Yeah, you could. I mean,
0: I'm not going to have this exact, but um, when I was talking to to my friend, Rob Hahn, you know, the national averages price prices reduced nine to 10% nationally as an average because of the great financial crisis. I would argue that right now, existing home prices could decline. By maybe. 15% and no one would
1: even care because there's so much equity right. that's
0: been brought up over the last two yeah, years. Yeah,
1: No, you're, you're, you're right with that. Hey, one day, maybe you can introduce me to Robert Hahn. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's a rock star. Yes. He Here, here's where we were. So we go through the cool thing was from the eighties and the nineties and we went through what we call the boom years. And you said, what about sales? Boom years, early 2000 was freaking boom. And You know, it was easy money, loose lending, if I can borrow the term, Uh and buyers could get more mortgage than they could afford to pay off. You remember that period?
0: Yeah, that was that was a really cool thing where you could get an adjustable rate mortgage and only have to qualify for the initial interest rate. So your initial interest rate might be 4%. It might balloon to 12, but you only had to get the 4% to qualify and you're in. Because because house prices never go down and your equity is Everybody was
1: an investor, if you remember. Like somebody would come in and they go, so what do you do for a living? I'm an investor. You're freaking working at the Dairy Queen. What do you mean you're an investor? Uh, But everybody was an investor. And you could get loans. And it it, it was the stupidest loose loans that you could possibly do. Zero down. It it was bad subprime mortgages you know uh, and 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 so from 2000 to 2007 then we blistered and that became the age of the subprime mortgage and it led to the defaults and it led to late payments and it led to everything and man you got to remember 2007 Kevin cuz you know now we're meeting you know we're meeting in 2004 5 i think it was 2004 but at any rate 2005 you said and man it was it was it was you know borrow a term from my wife Cray Cray. Yeah. You know, in Yep. I, I remember
0: talk I moved to Pittsburgh in 07, July of 07. And I remember calling back a friend of mine in the Columbus market in uh late 08. And in Pittsburgh, we declined by eight percent in terms of total permits pulled in the year, uh year over year. And my friend goes, Oh, that's nice. We're down 42% here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I called them the next year, and they were down another thirty-five percent. And then the next year, it was another twenty percent. And yeah, uh,
1: you know what, Kevin? You you, you want to sales? Okay, we're talking sales. What happened in that market was we lost our presentation. And you go, what do you mean you lost your presentation? Well, you lost the presentation. There was no urgency, was zero urgency. Because, you know, urgency has always been buy now, FOMO, miss out, you know, buy now are you doing and it's been what's been going on now. So this is where history starts to rhyme again. Uh-huh. If you know, buy now, everything is going to everything is going to, you know, the house of cards will tumble. Uh, but you got to buy now. But we lost our presentation because the presentation back then was, hey, buy now, or you're gonna just lose a tremendous amount of money. Uh
0: but my, my recollection is that in that time period, the presentation was all uh okay, does does this does this house check enough boxes? Let me quickly get you in front of Mortgage, who will explain to you how you can qualify for this $450 a month loan to get this incredible value. I mean, and and ironically, um, salespeople today for the most part, uh and marketers too. Collectively, I feel like uh, we're going to have to get back to understanding how to talk about financing again instead of just pushing that off to uh, a professional. Well,
1: may I give Orange you a, a stat, please? Mm-hmm. And the stat is this, is and it's a truism. Fully, one-third of the entire buying decision, one-third is finance. One-third. And then you have a sales professional if you will that can't talk finance but a third of the decision is going to be about finance and you go and if you think how can you not talk about it how can you not talk about finance how can you not
0: especially when uh there's only one group of people that i know that are more stressed out of their minds than people in new home sales uh and that is in the mortgage industry Yes, sir. Now there there's rock stars like like Anthony out there who 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 understand mindset and and do the right thing and say the right thing and create the right programs and just get it done. Anthony right. Grast uh, is I who we're talking about. But but the average mortgage broker uh, mortgage professional is at, so, so you're you're gonna you're gonna do a great presentation, overcome a couple objections, and you're gonna sit them in front of someone whose emotional level is below that of you know someone uh, on their deathbed. It's it's not gonna be the most stimulating part of the experience with a customer
1: ever, but especially right now. But Kevin, you've got to be able to uh, to speak finance. I mean, if a third of the buying decision mm-hmm. is finance and you don't broach the the topic, you're gonna to lose a sale. You're not even gonna make a sale. You're not gonna come close to a sale. Yeah. I mean you've got to be able to speak it, to live it. And you know, I always say, let's do this, what's your what should be your, well, well, of course we're not selling today or we didn't sell yesterday. Uh, we just, we stood in line, we processed and we we were great facilitators. Yeah. Um, the hard part, the hard part
0: was, uh, uh, keeping the sale together, which is always hard. That's a part, that's always a challenge, but getting the sale was not the harder part.
1: Oh my goodness. It's the easiest thing that ever happened in life because what what we had was, so we go from 2007 and then you look at it and that's when the air popped out of the bubble and man, it popped and it popped fast and fierce. And that's the thing, Kevin, this is where history may not repeat itself, but it rhymes. The bubble pops like that overnight mm-hmm. and people, it, you can see it for a country mile coming at you, but people still are always shocked about it.
0: I remember talking to a group, not that long ago, a group of salespeople, uh, on a visit that I took, and they all were very curious. Well, how will we know when the market has shifted? And I said, you will, re- I you will not have to ask that question. You will know, and you'll remember that week or month for the rest of your career, but that's how you'll know.
1: Yeah, you, you, you see it about a year. You know, um, I, the builder I worked for, where I got my uh, spankings and lessons from, uh, we were at dinner in April, if you will. And he just said, Myers, it's coming at us so fast. He said this, by the way, um, he's not a builder anymore. He sold his business, which is the world's largest marijuana farm, uh, outdoor marijuana farm. He went from building to outdoor marijuana, and he's now living in Hawaii and loving life. But he just said, Myers, the building business is it's over he said it's coming at us it's coming at us fast and furious he said but uh, these rates, everything is crazy he said you just watch what's going to happen and you know we were talking and, and he was right you know it was coming at us so fast and furious Kevin and, but nobody was paying attention nobody wanted to pay attention because we were too busy trying to keep up
0: so I, I have a question about because part of what keeping up has has brought us to is a lot of homes under construction that are not yet sold.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, I love it. I if just if you
0: if you had if you had a choice between having finished or nearly finished inventory as a sales professional or only having to sell the dream, what what would be your preference? Or a mixture sell the, of the dream
1: team? because you know that's fundamental as you go back and you sell. You know, like uh, you're selling home. You're selling the single largest investment, emotional investment of someone's life. I'd much rather sell the dream. Yeah, I mean, I'll always sell the dream. And you know what? And that's where people have to go back right now and go, you're not selling investment right now. This is not a time to be selling investment. This is a time to be selling the dream. But you know what? Here's where it's going to flip people out. You're going to have to walk out of the office now. <laughs> you're going to have to go demonstrate. You know what that word is? Well, w- walk a home site? Yeah, walk a home site, man, and show them. Hey, and again, hey. a, lot, a lot of people
0: remember that. A lot of people, though, haven't walked an empty home site with a customer
1: in if a long time. If you've been in the business, here, here's what I'd say. If you've only been in the business about three years, you're dead. Because you you think this is, you think every, I'm I'm sorry, we, you probably should edit that out. Uh, No, no,
0: it is a true statement. If you don't, if you're not committed, I mean, there's no, like being halfway pregnant, you're, you can't halfway be a new home sales professional in the market that's ahead. And if you haven't truly committed, if you're still just like, well, I like the income or I like this or I like that, but I'm not sure that I'm really in this then I completely agree with with where, what you're saying. And I think well, that's going to
1: get out. Because if you can't get in, you got to get out. But if you can't get out, you got to get in. And I suggest get in because it's still going to be a tremendous market if you can change one thing, and that's going to be your mindset. Yeah. This is a mindset game, Kevin. This is not a anything more than that. It's all about mindset. And it, is it a good market? It's a tremendous market, Kevin. Come on. You know, and and we've watched it, but this is where we just talked about history again. We had an upswing from 2011 and 2012. Essentially, the upswing came in and we watched it and it's just grown and grown and grown. And golly, it, it, it was crazy. And essentially, the last two years. Goodness gracious. They weren't real. Nothing was real. This is when, when you say, how do I recognize it? When do I see it? When it's too good to be true it's too good to be true. And it was too good to be true. And, you know, so we saw it coming and nobody was really paying attention because everybody thinks good. When things are good, they're good. I talked to someone today who uh,
0: is going to likely have a, a total sales for the month of June in the low 20s on a goal of 40. And I said, you know what, to, you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like June or July. And my joke has always been June or July, one of those two months is going to suck. I just can't always promise which one of the two, but one of those months is always going to be tough. Yes, sir. Now, the hard part was they also had cancellations at a rate they have never had. So they were at a, at a net number that was not pretty whatsoever. But still, to your point of this being a great market, seasonally this is not a great time to have the the best on the board numbers in terms of final sales results but they're still getting them and they're still getting them with interest rates where they are and with prices where they are and this is a company that doesn't have any inventory and can only sell the dream so yeah it still is a great market now one thing i want to i want you to try to tactically give uh for, for any of the sales professionals listening or, or those who engage with sales professionals. If someone walks into your sales office and says, I'm looking for a home in the next 60 to 90 days, and I don't have anything that's immediate move-in ready, what would be some of the worst things I could do? And then what would, how should I be talking with that with that customer, with that prospect
1: about well, the opportunities? You've got to give people hope, Kevin. You know, and, and so what you sometimes... Which means you have to have some hope yourself. That's, again, back to yeah, the mindset. But, but, you know, here here's the thing. You can't... You, You've got to be believable, right? Okay, but you can't be believable if you're not a believer. Hmm. So that's the first thing, change your mindset. And everything is good. And you can go, well, what if it's not good? It's always good because we sell hope. You know, If you don't sell hope, if you don't believe hope, then you can't be hopeful. And that's what they're looking for is hope because there have been a lot of disappointed people through the years. And so the first thing you do is sell hope. And so what you say is, well, golly, you couldn't be at a better time. Thanks for coming in. That's the first thing I'd say. Well, golly, you couldn't be here at a better time. My goodness gracious. So glad you're here. Let's talk about it. then. Tell me what, when you say 60 to 90 days, what's happening in 60 to 90 days? You know, I, 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 yeah. explain to me, tell me, but you got to get them talking. But the average salesperson, and I—I'm I sorry when I say the average salesperson is going to immediately be like a gut punch, an emotional gut punch, uh, and and they give up. And the first person that gives up in a sales presentation is always the salesperson, never the customer. <laughs> and uh, you, you've got to look at them and just go, "Tell me about your situation. Tell me, tell me, tell me about you." Now you're why not 60- gonna
0: you're not gonna like it when I say it, but I'm I'm gonna say this. It's understandable why a sales professional over the last two years getting yelled at by customers because their home's not done and their price is escalating to all these things. It's understandable why the sales professional would be concerned about yes. coming to that uh, engagement with positive energy and hope. But, mm-hmm. and yet what you're saying is if you don't, you're done anyway. And, and, and maybe it's better to get screamed at by a customer who ends up moving in a week later than your boss who says you haven't hit your sales goal in the last two months.
1: I'll take the uh, yelling, and screaming customer every time because you know all sales are emotional, and that just means that they're emotionally vested. In, yeah, and not to be
0: clear, we're not saying straight up lie to anyone about moving no. timeframes oh, or to no, set sorry. To not set the- expect. No, no, I just if you know how you know how the world goes. Someone's going to say Kevin and Myers were talking, and they said just lie to everyone and tell them it's going to be done.
1: <laughs> it's all good but this is just my world Kevin this is how it works it's all good you know everything is always good it's it's not bad you yeah. know it it's and you've heard me say this what 8000 times now Kevin through uh, our relationship Brian Tracy one of the best quotes of life was it's never as bad as you think it is it's just as bad as you think it is and so it's a thought process. If you think it's yep. bad, it's bad. If you think yep. it's good, it's good. And I guess I just err on the side of uh, positivity and go, it's good. Do I think it's a great market? Kevin, historically speaking, if we went, we're at a point and, you know, I did a post and I'm not sure if you really saw it because I know you're big on uh on on, on Twitter but on Facebook and I I put a post out there and I said the rates were at 18.6 I can't tell you the number of comments I got where people were going oh my god I was so delighted to get a rate of 20% I was so delighted to get a rate of over 20% and I would go no 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 this is a good time this is a great time to be buying and you know if you can get a rate at 6 or 7% historically speaking This is a tremendous time to be buying. And, uh, you know, but who's flipped out? Is it the customer? Is it the consumer? Or is it the sales pro and the builder? Uh, And I'm just,
0: I have to keep it as honest as I can. My perspective is that the two groups flipping out the most are leadership, because they're seeing this large number of homes under construction and unsold. And even though, I mean, someone on a call last week I said, we're going to have over a hundred homes complete in October. And I smiled at them and, and I said, are they really like, they've been telling you they're going to be done. Are you really going to finish magically all on? And, and she said, yes, you know, they said the numbers and she was confident, but yet, you know, I, so I think there's this, there's hey, this, you know what,
1: I might know that builder. <laughs> you uh, just, well, I think there's a lot of builders who are that way. I mean, no, that, that's, I, mean that's, I can tell you, I can tell you a half a dozen builders that, they went under this deal where they just said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to build them and uh, we're not going to price them. We're just going to build them and mm-hmm. we're going to tell people coming soon and we're going to be taking pictures and we'll yeah. be keeping you up on it and blah, blah. And all of a sudden we're going to drop them. Well, well, suddenly what they found out is they weren't selling the dream. They were selling. How, and by the way no change orders nothing they were just yeah. coming soon mm-hmm. and all right well all of a sudden they're coming soon but uh there's they're stuck I mean they've got all these houses that are popping yeah. on the market and they are coming in October and they're coming in November and December historically terrible times to be selling uh and you're going well what am I going to do with these and I go you know I I I, I Probably told the same builder. I probably didn't tell the same builder, but, um, you know, I I told the builders, you know, that, listen, you got to get off of that model. That model went out that that selling proposition is no longer valid. You need to be talking about buying today. You need to be talking about buying in the future. But this whole thing that you've put together, it worked but it's not working now. uh,
0: Builders got addicted. And when I say builders, I mean owners. Owners and and division presidents got addicted to certainty, meaning, oh, this is amazing. Because of the market demand, I don't have to set my margins. I don't have to set my price. I don't even have to set my closing dates. And so all of the uncertainty was pushed off onto the buyer and, and given to the owner. And I think so that, that unwillingness to go back to more uncertainty is just part of how you need to do business, and managing that uncertainty is a leader's role. So I think that's that's one group of people who is not necessarily thinking strategically the way they should. And then um, you know I think I think the other end is uh, sales, and I I mean all forms of sales uh, having too much of a uh, recent history bias to to saying well down seventeen percent feels like down two hundred percent. And again, I understand it, but it's just it's not it's not. It's not true mathematically or 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 any other way you want to look at it other than how it
1: feels. It's it's still a great market. Well, you know, Einstein had a great quote. He said the the numbers never lie unless you lie about the numbers. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we were lying about the numbers. But, Kevin, again, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of inventory that's going to hit the market quick, fast and furious. And it's going to be across the country when you say October. You know, I mean,
0: yeah, so we're we're running against time. I want to toss this idea out to you. As I, right, I had a conversation today when I told a builder it might be worth accelerating at additional expense, your construction completion, having truly finished look good homes faster than it is to spend more money on advertising. How's that hit you?
1: I would uh, be accelerating my sales as fast as I possibly could. And you know what? Throw the margin out the door. Yeah. I mean, we, we asked,
0: I asked a group
1: of, uh, in no, our wait, Facebook, wait, wait. I don't want to move on. Throw the margin out the door. That's offensive to a lot of people. And I go, no, you know, wait, no, you're, no, right. no. you're right. Sorry. Throw the margin out the door. Or you're otherwise, right. you're going to be sitting on junk just like it was in 2007 and eight. And everybody's addicted to the margin. Yeah. So there's go, two ways,
0: there's two ways out. to throw the margin out the door. Uh, well, one is to, to correct the price the other again my argument would be get the home finished at almost any expense if you could bring if you could bring 30 of those homes to be complete in july and but it would Uh cost you significantly on your margin to get that completion but they looked done they they were done and looked good yes you have a you have a a good shot of getting those sold at still almost any reasonable price point uh
1: you have oh my goodness watch this i'm just going to pull numbers out of the air You know, if I had an opportunity and I say, throw the margins out the door and you go, oh, well, what does that mean? And I go, well, well, what did you lose 4%? And I go, 4% is a shallow price to be paying today versus holding on to something later in life. And yeah, and and the holding on is going to get more expensive as
0: rates go higher and and lender standards from banks go higher. You know, your work in progress loan might our interest rate might be low now it's going to keep adjusting with the market too
1: well do you do you find that offensive what i said like throw the margins out the door and let's just go ahead and move some inventory right now Uh Is no, that but the, the the skeptics and the critics will say well that's because he's no
0: longer uh running two home building divisions himself now he's just a consultant so he says throw margin out the window but uh, but i'm just you're right You, I mean, uh, one of my heroes as an organization is, is NVR because of their belief in that any home that is, that is finished and not sold by definition means that it is at the incorrect price. If it continues to sit there unsold, the price is wrong and that's not easy to do. And that stresses a whole bunch of people out and, and they're one of the best in the country at doing it, but it's still not easy for them at times.
1: Well, I agree with what you just said, Kevin. You know, you can't hold on to them. And so what's happening is is everybody's gonna wanna hold on and hold on to a past market, but your business model has changed and nobody wants to admit that the business model is changing. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're 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 frozen, you know, but the model has changed. I yeah, you- I, I
0: I Okay, last thing and then we really are uh, All right, we, I'm going to run I, soon, I, but I, I, I talked to I talked to Four Builders last week, Myers, who still are saying they have no intention of offering pre-sale homes anytime in the near future. I'm it's sorry, I'm continue. That again? They're going to continue to do inventory
1: spec building only for the foreseeable future. They're and, nuts. I'm sorry. I, if they're listening, let me just help you. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that to your company. Please don't do that to your spouse or your significant other. Please don't do that to your team. The model has changed. And, you know, maybe you need to get in touch with the four and say, would you listen to this podcast? But please don't do that. Do you, and I'm sorry if, if you disagree with that, Kevin.
0: No, I, I, I completely. I think to not, again, just like, I mean, I, I was one of the biggest proponents of, uh, adjusting model hours and and buy apartment only for a while but that that time is gone that uh, time's gone. That, the same thing of, of focusing on inventory only i mean just watch the cancellation rates continue to adjust when you're doing inventory <laughs> only the cancellation rates on a pre-sale are different by definition than someone purchasing a home already on a construction
1: well you it's know like, what? it's like a it's like a, a builder that doesn't adjust his uh or her process and I would go there's two sales processes today and you're what do you mean two well there's the obvious online you know that's a separate process and then there's a walk-in if and they still exist and you're going to see more walk-in than ever before coming up because you're just going to see it and so i go they're not the same processes you know and you go so here's my online process here's my handoff process but here's my if they walk in the door and you've got two separate but simultaneous processes going on. I don't know if you're buying into that right now, but... 100%. But to to, to say you cannot
0: walk into our homes ever, oh, it's by good. appointment only. I think... No, um not happening. <laughs> well, it is happening, but that's where we're going to have to leave it. I, Myers, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Always thought-provoking. Provoking is one of my favorite things now when I, I say, look, my job is not to convince you. My job is just to provoke you to think... <laughs> Just like a college professor. And and you're either are going to think through the process and come up with a better way. But always thought-provoking, Myers. Thanks for spending the time with us today and giving us a history lesson.
1: Hey, man, I appreciate you. And I appreciate everything you're doing for the industry. And you do a great job for the industry. You're leaving a great legacy, Kevin. Before I get emotional, we're going to say goodbye. <laughs> but thank you for those <laughs>
0: kind words. <laughs> I love you, man. You know that. All right, All right. we'll talk. Okay, Bye. thank you. Bye-bye. Market proof marketing is proudly supported by Opendoor. Visit opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn how you can partner with Opendoor to increase certainty, speed, and ease for your home buyers. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peek, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. View hundreds of articles, videos, and more for free at do you convert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on social networks or in real life. Now get to work and make sure your company is market proof.